Rich Finneran emerged out of a competitive Democratic primary to take on Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt. And the Democrat from St. Louis County is laying out his differences with the incumbent and providing his vision to combat violent crime across the state. Finneran joins us next on the latest episode of Politically Speaking. So let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. It's a little complicated in Bolivar because there is a Parsons family there. But we also knew that it was important to make sure that that we got to where we needed to go. You know if you walk in a room and you're getting ready to make a decision and everybody in the room looks like you, you need to stop. And right now what happens in the United States Senate is as critical as anywhere else in the country. I really want the state to succeed. We want everybody to uh, know that we're all working together. I just worked hard to try to build my name where I didn't have the money. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Rachel Lippman. Joining me today in studio is... Jason Merzenbaum. And our special guest on this episode today is... Rich Finneran. And Rich Finneran is the Democratic candidate for attorney general. Wanted to let everyone know that we have also reached out to his opponent, incumbent attorney general Eric Schmidt, to schedule a Politically Speaking episode with him as well. And uh, Rich, you had a competitive Democratic primary against uh, Elad Gross. What do you think was key to prevailing in that race? So I think the reason that we were so successful in the primary is really comes down to the message that we delivered and the contrast that we're able to demonstrate with my opponent, Eric Schmidt. You know, throughout the primary, we talked about the importance of putting people ahead of politics and of getting the partisanship that's characterized this current administration out of the attorney general's office. I think voters really responded to that and also recognized that my background as a federal prosecutor um, provided a real great and powerful contrast against the lack of experience from our current attorney general, which I think is probably one of the reasons that we're seeing him behave in the ways that he is. And I noticed that you were referring a lot to we almost collectively, that you and your candidate were both, uh, you and your opponent in the Democratic primary were both pointing out the differences between you and Mr. Schmidt. And um, Alad Gross was also very complimentary of you in a post-election thread that he put out on Twitter. How important is it in this general election race for you to have your former opponent so strongly behind you and basically saying, I will work towards the goal of uh, getting Mr. Schmidt out of office? I think it's incredibly important, and uh, I have to compliment Alad. He and I agreed before the primary that we would run a race together, not against each other, because we realized the stakes with Eric Schmidt and the need to defeat him. And he stayed true to his word and has been working with us around the clock to try to make sure that we win this race and that so many of the other important races in our state um, result in a change in leadership as well. What do you think is the biggest distinction that you can make between yourself and your general election opponent, Mr. Schmidt? Well, I don't know if your listeners know too much about Eric Schmidt, but before he became the attorney general, uh, he had no background as a prosecutor. Um, He had never tried a criminal case. The reason that he found himself in the attorney general's office is not because we voted him into that job, but because our governor, Mike Parson, appointed him into that job. Eric Schmidt is a career politician, and that's the way he's run the attorney general's office. I, by contrast, am a former federal prosecutor. I spent seven years of my career at the U.S. Attorney's Office in St. Louis, where I prosecuted the two largest criminal fraud cases in the history of our state and helped to recover millions of dollars for victims of crimes. And that's the sort of experience I think that voters are really looking for when they select an attorney general. It's a contrast which I think we've effectively made 
over the course of this campaign. And I believe it's what's going to carry us to victory in November. And, and, and why is that prosecutorial experience key to the attorney general's role? I mean, how often would Mr. Schmidt or any attorney general really be in the in the courtroom as the attorney of record presenting the case? Well, so the way I explain this to people is that the attorney general of Missouri really has two jobs. He's the state's chief law enforcement officer, and he's also the state's top lawyer. And that means that he organizes the entirety of our judicial system in terms of what the state does with it. And with respect to criminal cases, every single criminal appeal in the state of Missouri is handled by the attorney general's office. Um, He also brings litigation and defense litigation on behalf of the state. And so I have a great depth of experience as a trial lawyer handling very, very significant large cases. And that gives me the background and context that I need to know how to not only conduct those cases from the attorney general's office, but to train the uh, younger lawyers and uh, other people that we'll bring on who will help to carry those cases forward. Eric Schmidt's background is in politics, and that's, I think, why we're seeing so many politically motivated and politically designed lawsuits and decisions is because he doesn't view that through the same lens. So I think really that experience that I have in public service is really critically important and one of the major contrasts uh, that we're trying to make with Mr. Schmidt in this race. It's very likely that Eric Schmidt will have a pretty big financial advantage going into this campaign. Not only does he have his own campaign account, but there's also a political action committee that has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. How is that going to factor in your ability to be competitive with him? Well, obviously, uh, we start out at a fundraising disadvantage because, as you said, he's a political incumbent, a long-term politician who certainly has the backing of, um, you know, very large donors on the Republican side of the equation. And we've been doing this the old-fashioned way. We've built a grassroots movement of individual donors who have been contributing to our campaign and keeping us moving. But we're confident that we're going to have raised enough money over the course of these next uh, 40-something days in order to ensure that we have the resources to put an aggressive advertising campaign on television to uh, confront Mr. Schmidt on social media about all of these uh, issues that he's doing. And I hope also that he'll agree to debate with us so that the voters can see face to face what they have as an option here in the attorney general's race and why they should prefer someone with my experience over the political experience of Mr. Schmidt. There's also kind of a wild card factor here, too, and that is the very top of the ticket at the national level. Um, Obviously, Donald Trump winning the state by 19 points in 2016 pushed some, um, you know, top level GOP statewide candidates over the the edge. And I'm wondering how much you think that the president's performance in the state will matter this year in your race and in others. How much of this is sort of really in, in your control? Well, obviously, all races are affected by other races, because when voters turn out to vote for one candidate, uh, hopefully they will vote for another candidate as well. But I also know that Missourians are very independent minded people. And even if they might not support the national nominee for the Democratic uh, Party for president or might not even support my friend Nicole Galloway in the governor's race, that doesn't mean they're not open to looking at a candidate like myself who really doesn't have that political background and who isn't running on a platform of let's bring uh, democratic ideas and policies to the attorney general's office, but who's really running on the idea of restoring integrity to the attorney general's office and making sure that we have somebody who will represent everybody, not just the well-connected, not just political donors, not just the people who voted for you in the last election. And 
And I think I've shown through my career that I have that kind of commitment. So I think that voters will, I hope, take an independent look at my race and make their decision for themselves. So let's dive into issues. The last time you were on this show, we talked about uh, your criticism of Attorney General Schmidt for continuing on a lawsuit uh, aimed at overturning or upending the Affordable Care Act. We talked about a lot about that on this, on that last show. You can go listen to it at stlpublicradio.org. But now that issue is especially uh, pertinent because Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, it's very likely that a Donald Trump is going to appoint her replacement and the Senate is going to confirm it. And then there's this this aforementioned case where the Affordable Care Act is in the balance. Can you talk a little bit about how Ginsburg's death makes that issue more pertinent during this election season? Well, and for your listeners who might not have uh, listened to our last podcast, what we're talking about is a lawsuit that Eric Schmidt has brought using our taxpayer dollars, along with several others, other attorneys general, that uh, seeks to dismantle and throw out the entirety of the Affordable Care Act. And so that's coverage for pre-existing conditions as a guaranteed right. That is kids staying on their parents' insurance until they're 26. It's lower prescription drug costs for seniors. And importantly, after the vote that we just had in August, it would also mean the end of Medicaid expansion, which the voters of this state approved by a substantial margin. So that's the lawsuit that is is uh, been pursued by Eric Schmidt. And you're right, Jason, that Justice, Ginsburg, uh, Justice Ginsburg's death, uh, as tragic as it is, uh, also presents a real risk that if that lawsuit continues, it will succeed. In other words, that Eric Schmidt and these other attorneys general will prevail in convincing a conservative Supreme Court to throw out the entirety of the Affordable Care Act. And if, if that happens, then we're winding the clock back to 2009 before we had many of these important protections that guarantee that people in our state can get access to health insurance and that they can't be kicked off their health insurance um, just because they have a pre-existing condition. So the stakes now could not be higher in this election because it, you know, not only is there a risk that if this lawsuit continues, the Supreme Court might actually entertain it, um, there's a risk that if, if our tax dollars keep going there, that it will result in those kinds of outcomes, which would be drastically drastic and terrible for the people of our state. I'm going to play a clip now from State Auditor Nicole Galloway, who's the Democratic nominee for Missouri governor. You were at an event with her, I believe it was in Ladue. I'm not exactly sure of the location. They all kind of blend together at this point. And she, she had talked about how she wants to pass a state bill uh, saying that you can't discriminate somebody's healthcare coverage because of a pre-existing condition. Here's her exchange with me on that topic. Well, it is a backstop, but I think that we should be proactive. You know, there's, the Republicans have no plans for how they're going to address issues of pre-existing conditions. It is time for them to put their cards on the table, and we should pass a law here in Missouri to protect coverage for pre-existing conditions. Uh, this impacts millions of Missourians, uh, and it's critically important that we lead the way on health care and ensure that people have access to quality, affordable health care in the state. So a couple questions there. Uh, would you support Auditor Galloway's move to have a state law requiring insurance co companies to cover pre-existing conditions? And do you have any concerns that doing it, let's just say the ACA is thrown out, would a state law really be that effective more than like a federal mandate involving pre-existing conditions? What, what's kind of your take on both of those particular points? 
Well, I, I think Nicole is 100% correct that we need to act now to protect the people of Missouri in the unfortunate event, which now seems more likely than ever if we don't prevail in this election, that uh, that the Supreme Court might follow Eric Schmidt's lead and throw out the Affordable Care Act. So I agree completely that we have to put provisions in place as a matter of state law that will help to protect the people of this state from that kind of risk. Um, and as far as how effective it will be, it would certainly be more effective if we had a national mandate that would require coverage for pre-existing conditions, because now it wouldn't just be those who are residents of Missouri or taxpayers in Missouri who would benefit from that. And that helps to make sure that we have good access to health care for everyone. Um, but we can't wait for Congress to act. We can't hope that the federal Congress will get its act together and solve this problem for us that Eric Schmidt is creating. We have to do it ourselves. And that's that's why I fully support uh, what Nicole has suggested. Um, but we really shouldn't be in this predicament in the first place because we shouldn't have an attorney general who is spending our taxpayer dollars trying to eliminate something which is overwhelmingly popular and which the people of Missouri desperately need uh, in the form of coverage for pre-existing conditions. When would you, as attorney general, get involved in or file a lawsuit at the federal level? You're making a lot of Mr. Schmidt filing what you say are political cases against the Affordable mm -hmm. Care Act. He has one against China regarding the coronavirus. How would your office or how would you as attorney general handle getting involved in, in representing the state of Missouri in lawsuits? What would be your threshold for that? Yeah, so I have a pretty simple test for that, which is before I would take Missouri taxpayer dollars and put it towards any kind of affirmative lawsuit in court, I would ask myself, what is this lawsuit doing to protect the people of the state of Missouri? And with the two lawsuits you just mentioned, I think the answer is nothing. With respect to the health care lawsuit, the uh, individual mandate that Mr. Schmidt objects to um, has already been zeroed out by Congress. And so all that he can accomplish in this lawsuit is taking away health care protections from the people of Missouri. With respect to his lawsuit against the Chinese government over the pandemic, um, there's literally no chance that Eric Schmidt will recover a single dime for the taxpayers of Missouri by suing the Chinese government for a whole host of, of legal reasons and political reasons. And so I don't think that is a good use of taxpayer dollars because I can't answer the question for either of those lawsuits of how it protects the people of the state of Missouri. But if the federal government does something that does cause harm to the interests of the people of this state, then it is my job as attorney general to protect the people of this state. So I won't shy away from challenging the federal government when they act in a way that harms the people of our state. But I also won't use my powers as the state's top lawyer to simply bring political cause lawsuits, as Eric Schmidt has done. I think that's a waste of money. Before we go to break, I do want to ask you about another case that Eric Schmidt has intervened in that's gotten headlines, and that's the McCloskey case in St. Louis. Um, he had, I think it was either an amicus brief or a motion to intervene. I think or, it was a motion to intervene. I could actually probably check super quickly right it was, now. It was basically he wanted to get involved in the un unlawful use of a weapon case against Mark and M Patricia McCloskey. Uh, would you have done something similar to that? There are a number of people that believe that Kim Gardner shouldn't have filed charges against them and that the case against them is pretty weak. Uh, what, what's kind of your take on that particular situation? Well, I absolutely do not believe that it is appropriate for the attorney general to attempt to intervene in a criminal prosecution that he did not investigate and which he therefore does not have all the facts about um, when it is still in the hands of the local prosecutor. 
And one thing that people may not realize is that if this case were to result in a conviction, then Eric Schmidt's office would be the one who would be responsible for defending that conviction in the Court of Appeals. So the fact that Eric Schmidt has basically created a conflict, a legal conflict or an ethical conflict for himself by inserting himself into a case, again, that he did not investigate and has not seen the evidence on, um, I think is a real dereliction of his responsibility as attorney general. The job of the attorney general is to let local prosecutors do their job at the trial level. And then as long as the cases have been properly prosecuted and all constitutional rights have been observed to defend those cases on appeal. And, you know, I don't want to make any prejudgments about uh, the guilt or innocence of the McCloskeys, in part because if I'm elected, then it will be my office, which will have to handle that appeal. And that's the very reason I think it was so inappropriate for Eric Schmidt to uh, to file this this brief that he filed. Um, You know, when I was a federal prosecutor, the, the information that we publicly released about a case was only a fraction of the evidence that we had in that case. And for an outsider like Eric Schmidt to make a judgment that the case should be thrown out before he's seen any of that evidence, I think just speaks again to his inexperience when it comes to criminal prosecution and to his interest in making political headlines rather than focusing on the job of protecting the people of our state. And we'll be right back after this short break. And we're back on Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Rachel Lippman, with Jason Rosenbaum and Rich Finnerin, the Democratic candidate for Missouri Attorney General. And uh, Mr. Finnerin, there was a special session on violent crime that wrapped up just recently in Jefferson City. That's obviously an issue that has been uh, at top of mind in the city of St. Louis. And one of the initiatives that uh, your opponent pushed was an idea of concurrent jurisdiction, where the attorney general's office would be able to come in and prosecute certain murder cases in the city of St. Louis. I think it was first and second degree murder with certain um, limits on on when that could happen. What is uh, your position on on that request? Was this something appropriate that he should have been pushing or what would have been maybe a better way to go about that? Well, so I view the concurrent jurisdiction proposal, which failed to pass our legislature, despite Governor Parson calling a special session to consider it, I view it as being unnecessary. And the reason for that is that our Missouri law already permits a local prosecutor, uh, such as a circuit attorney, to make a request to the attorney general for assistance in a criminal case where the office uh, lacks the resources to prosecute the case or where there's a conflict of interest on the part of the local prosecutor to make sure that the case is handled properly and that the public has a perception that justice has been done in the case. So we already have provisions in Missouri law that allow the attorney general to help out if the people of a community like the city of St. Louis want his help. Um, What this would have done was instead create a turf war between the attorney general and local prosecutors in St. Louis, or if it were more broadly expanded across the state, as to who gets to handle a particular criminal prosecution. And I don't think that we should be dedicating the limited resources that we have when it comes to fighting serious problems like violent crime, not just in the cities of our state, uh, but in the outlying areas as well. I don't think it helps if we are fighting amongst ourselves. We need to be instead fighting crime. And so I don't think that concurrent jurisdiction proposal would have done anything to improve public safety. And that's what our objective should be. So I'm ultimately glad that Eric Schmidt did not prevail and that uh, now he... Uh, has to work with local prosecutors and not against them 
if he wants to improve public safety across our state as he claims to. I'm going to play a clip now from Senator Bob Onder. He's a Republican from Lake St. Louis and was the handler of the concurrent jurisdiction proposal in the Missouri Senate. This is one of the reasons he supports that idea. Her inaction, her incompetence, and her willful disregard for the laws of our state are endangering the people of the city of St. Louis. They are endangering the region, and they are bad. It, 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 that willing, willful incompetence is 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 bad for our entire state, which now has the third highest murder rate in the country. So to piggyback on Senator Anders' point, what would you say to people that believe that Circuit Attorney Gardner is doing such a bad job as Circuit Attorney that there needs to be this extreme measure of state intervention and allowing the Attorney General to intervene in homicide cases under certain circumstances? So look, there's no question that violent crime is a serious problem in the city of St. Louis. It's a serious problem in Kansas City. It's a serious problem across the state, and we have seen those rates rising, but we've seen those rates rising on Eric Schmidt's watch. And I don't think it's fair to lay everything at the feet of one local prosecutor to explain why that is happening. Uh, you know, again, with my with my background as a federal prosecutor, I know that rising crime rates is a very complicated question and requires real experience and real thoughtfulness in how you solve that problem. So I don't think that we can simply try to point fingers over these problems and say that that is the solution. I certainly don't think that getting into turf wars over it is the way to solve these problems. We have to adopt a collaborative approach that works together to promote everybody's mutual objective, which is improving public safety across our state. I know that Circuit Attorney Gardner is committed to doing that, and once I'm elected, I will work alongside her and with her to ensure that that is the case. One of the other initiatives that Attorney General Schmidt has pushed as part of his solutions to violent crime is what's known as the Safer Streets Initiative, where he is allowing some of his uh, assistant attorney generals, deputy attorney generals, I'm not sure what the proper term is there, but some of the attorneys in his office to be uh, sworn in essentially as special federal prosecutors to handle violent crime cases out of the city of St. Louis and some other areas of the state. Is is that a program or a, a element of cooperation that you would continue if you were elected attorney general? Yes. In fact, uh, the program you're talking about is a program uh, where the attorney general's office partners with the office that I used to work in, the U.S. attorney's office in St. Louis, in order to uh, dedicate more law enforcement resources to prosecuting uh, violent crime cases. And, you know, I worked in that office. I know the caliber of people who work in that office, and I know that they, like me, are dedicated to improving public safety in not not just in St. Louis but across the entire eastern half of the state that is covered by that office's jurisdiction. So I do think that we need to continue to have that kind of cooperation between local law enforcement, state law enforcement and local law enforcement and that was something I regularly did as a federal prosecutor. I would reach out to the local authorities when we had overlapping jurisdiction in a case and figure out okay where should we allocate our resources? How can we most effectively maximize them to achieve good results in terms of public safety for the people of this state? My objection is not to the cooperation that uh, Eric Schmidt has uh, has continued with my old office, and that's something that I would also see to continue. It's this effort to try to interfere instead with the authority of local prosecutors, um, which again, I don't think is going to promote public safety. I think it's going to promote political infighting, and that doesn't help anybody be safer. 
Are there anything that or is there anything that uh, the attorney general's office could do to help encourage more or broader cooperation, um, which you keep saying is, is key to fighting violent crime? Yes. Uh, so not just with the federal government, which is, uh, I think, where Eric Schmidt has largely uh, focused his uh, attention. But I think there's also a major role for the attorney general's office to play with creating more cooperation with local prosecutors to help institute best practices in their offices, um, to help uh, ensure that when there are uh, questions about the integrity of convictions, that those issues are properly examined and reviewed. Um, all these things are things that if you have the experience that I have in the criminal justice system, then you understand the value of that cooperation and the ways to work with local prosecutors and local law enforcement to achieve some of these results. Um, I think that maybe it's not as flashy or not as likely to grab a headline as some of the things that Mr. Schmidt seems to favor. And maybe that's why we haven't seen his office do that. But I think that we have to all work together to try to solve the problems our state is facing, not just when it comes to public safety, but across the board. And working with local prosecutors is a way for us to do that. One of the other things that Attorney General Schmidt supported that actually did pass during the special session was eliminating St. Louis City's residency requirement for police officers, at least through 2023, that may be eliminated permanently, depending on how the city votes on it. Um, what what would have been your position on that issue had you been attorney general? On the one hand, a lot of uh, area police departments don't have residency requirements. Rachel, I don't think St. Louis County has one, for example. I don't believe so, no. But on the other hand, some Opponents of that have said that it would make it less likely for people that actually live in the city to be police officers, which may fray the already tenuous relationships between black people and law enforcement. What's kind of your your position on that issue? Well, so I, this is, I think, one of those things where I think being ideological about an issue like that is actually harmful. You know, there's no one size fits all solution to a question like this, because in some jurisdictions, you know, as you know, in St. Louis County, we have how many municipalities that are broken up? If they had residency requirements that uh, required an officer to work in a jurisdiction to live within the city limits, then there might be a very, very limited pool um, of talent to draw from. And what we should be trying to do is recruiting the very best officers we can in order to help solve our public safety problems. So I think that each jurisdiction should be able to you know, decide for itself how it wants to either impose or withdraw a residency requirement because I think they are best positioned to make those decisions. Trying to have it dictated uh, from the state level, I think is not the answer to that question or that problem. And ultimately, what we should all be motivated towards, and what I know I'm motivated towards, is trying to improve public safety. And I think that in some cases, uh, eliminating residency requirements and allowing police departments to draw on broader uh, groups of the population to bring in talented officers is important. In other cases, it may be proper to uh, to keep um, that uh, sort of residency requirement in place so that we ensure those closer bonds and ties between the police and the community that they serve. So um, I don't have a ideological position on that uh, because I think it's one that a lot of practical considerations go into. And I trust local officials to make those decisions for themselves. If you had had the authority to call a special session on violent crime or if Governor Mike Parson had come to you and said, what should I focus on in this special session to really have a difference? What would you have said? So uh, there is one part of the special session that I definitely would have agreed with, and that is the proposal to improve witness protection programs Um, in the state of Missouri. We don't have a robust version of that 
at the state level, and that has impaired the ability of local prosecutors to carry out certain kinds of long-term investigations, that, such as the ones I did as a federal prosecutor, where you need to engender cooperation from witnesses in order to take down criminal organizations. Um, but I would have also then encouraged the governor that, to fund that program so that we can actually achieve what we are attempting to achieve and not just uh, grab a headline for it. Um, I think I would have also talked to the, uh, the governor about the importance of not just looking at this issue as a criminal justice problem. You know, lots of things feed into why we see such rising crime rates that are more than just a lack of enforcement resources. It has to do with education. It has to do with housing. It has to do with how we treat people on their way into the criminal justice system, whether we um, offer them diversion opportunities and rehabilitation opportunities, or if we simply put them away in jail for a number of years and then release them with no plan on how they might successfully reintegrate into our society. So I would have encouraged the governor to take a broader look at these problems and think about them not just as law enforcement problems, but as public safety issues and examine how we can work to lower violent crime rates, which at the end of the day makes everybody safer. So it's a, a complicated issue. I probably can't in the short time we have here tell you all the things that we would need to do to address it. But I think that my background and experience as a federal prosecutor gives me the depth of understanding of the problem that will help to lead us to really good solutions. And that's what's lacking, I think, in our current attorney general. For all of our stories and our coverage of the 2020 election, you can go to our website, stlpublicradio.org. You'll find me on Twitter at rlipman. That's two P's and two N's. Jason, where are you on the World Wide Web these days? I'm at Jason Rosenbaum. Uh, excuse me. I'm at Jay Rosenbaum. He got his actual Twitter account back, folks. And Rich, where can people find you in your campaign? So I'd encourage all of your listeners to go to our website at richfinneran.com. Uh, to learn more about the campaign, you can also check us out on Twitter at Rich Finneran and on Facebook at uh, Finneran for Missouri. And uh, any of those ways will uh, get you to us. And we'd love to answer any questions that uh, Rachel and Jason weren't able to ask me today. And is that the uh, number four or the word for in that website? Oh, it's the word for. Yes, F-O-R. It's important to get that right. It is. Otherwise, yeah. you could go, and, unless you were smart and secured both of those domains. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just the Facebook. So the the, the, the website is just richfinneran.com. The Facebook is Finneran, F-O-R, Missouri. Until next time, so long. So long.